The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the Third Age by some, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the Wheel of Time. But it was a beginning. All right, yeah, so welcome, everybody. This is the first of however many episodes we are going to be doing of this of mm -hmm. what we have officially and, and finally decided is called a couple of pricks talk wheel of time just because we love the acronym which is <laughs> a cop twat it it just writes itself folks it just writes itself <laughs> it's um, fantastic i'm nate i'm woody and we're gonna to here to talk to you about this new tv show this, this new Wheel of Time. This new Wheel of Time. If you listen to our very hastily put together trailer that we put out last week, you'll know a bit of the where's and the why's. But to give you a just a, a quick recap, if you haven't listened to that, I'm a Wheel of Time fan, have read all 73 books um, <laughs> in the middle of a, another reread at the moment, obviously inspired by the, the show, where my compatriot Woody has not. Yes, I'm a complete Wheel of Time newbie. Insofar as I know some stuff, but no, I definitely don't know anything. That's, that's yeah, I good. think we've we discussed you, you know a little bit about the magic because it's mm. been sort of discussed in the concepts of role playing magic systems and yeah and the like. So yeah, and and you have for, you know not through no lack of trying have tried to get me to read this series on quite a few occasions, in which I've flat out said no. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> yes. but uh, no, it's it, it's interesting because. I had, well, I think it's interesting and, and therefore I'm putting it in. I tried A Song of Ice and Fire numerous times prior to the TV show coming out. And then once I watched the first episode of the TV show, I, well, I guess I better pick these books up again <laughs> and proceeded to. But as we'll see, possibly a little bit later, I don't know if that'll happen with this one. And as I said at the beginning, we don't know how many episodes of this we're going to do. It's entirely possible that five minutes into this, Woody says, no, this is shit. I'm not watching anymore. You can fuck off. <laughs> These things are not out of the realm of possibility. Now, folks, I didn't email him my notes prior. <laughs> this is probably a, a good time to remind everyone, if you're not familiar with our particular style, and if that little E for explicit, you just ignored that. We... <laughs> well, this is your own fucking fault. <laughs> you ain't got nobody to blame but yourself, motherfucker. We swear. We swear a lot. We stare at each other. <laughs> that's that's who we are. It's it's part of our yeah. dynamic. It works for us. So it's part of our charm. Part of our charm. Probably don't it's listen to this our... with your kids in the car. Yeah, it probably brings our single listener back every single time. <laughs> and, and welcome. Yes. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> so that's that's what we are. Obviously, it goes without saying that as this is going to be an episode by episode recap, there are going to be spoilers for the TV show. Oh, I'm going to spoil the fuck out of this thing. Now, what I'm going to try and do, my, my challenge, yeah. as we discussed, is not spoiling things that haven't happened or, or things that are in the book or things that are coming up. The second challenge that I have, and I realized this myself as I was watching it, that there's a weird dichotomy in watching this show for me because as a fan, I'm really thrilled to see this series, this universe, which I really love, up on screen. But part of that means maybe I'm going to be harsher on it than it really deserves because, you know, things aren't exactly the way I thought they would be or mm. or something. But at the same time, I'm also possibly more willing to let things go because I'm just happy to see it happening. So, I, yeah, I look, I wondered that as well. And I also wondered, though, if you may, as a fan, have, and, and we'll, we'll notice this through the discussions, whether you've 
just glossed over, like there might be a plot point which you've actually just glossed straight over because you know exactly what's happening whereas I'm like hey, this is a big fucking monster plot hole which I think I've got a couple yeah. so that'll be interesting so, and that's and that's what this this is going to be about you know there might be hmm. things that you know I might in the general recapping I might mention a thing that to a newbie might seem irrelevant but it could be something that's worth noting for fans because they know what it's again what it's leading to going forward swings and roundabouts folks we're making this up right. as we go along. Absolutely. Also, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> also, we're recording this. We were surprised. Look, probably couldn't have been. We probably could have found this out if we'd been either professional or given more of a shit that Amazon <laughs> were dropping the first three episodes in one hit. Mm. So we had planned this as a eight episode extravaganza. Obviously, extravaganza is what we do. Yeah. But with the first three episodes coming out, obviously that sort of changed things a little bit. We're recording this all in one go. There's every chance this might get cut up into three episodes. We don't know. Might happen, might not. Yeah, because see how we, go. we could end up talking for like an hour each episode. Probably not, but it's yeah. not unheard of with us to go on tangent for, for four hours. And it's like, oh. Oh, oh I got some tangents, <laughs> baby. I got some tangents. Strap in. All right. <laughs> well, well, let's just kick it off. Yeah. Do you want to give us a very brief synopsis of what Wheel of Time is? Are you able to? Yeah, okay. In in very broad terms, this is a classic good versus evil hero story. You've got, to use Western religious imagery, there's a god, there's a devil. The devil's trying to do devil shit, take over the world. There's one person that is destined to stop it, and other things go around with that. So... (laughs) But that's well good because that's kind of what I got from the from the thing as well. And I, I'd point out that even Amazon's own advertising around this is not clear. And we'll get to that a little bit later on because it's I think it's germane, uh, not not Greer, but I think it's germane to the point of what's going on. But yeah, it's a classic epic fantasy, really. Isn't yeah, it? it's it's not in itself breaking any new grounds in the story that it's telling. There's some things that I think it does well. There's some things that in the books aren't done terribly well that they've addressed a little bit even so far. This was written in the 80s before people wrote women as people. But mm. there's so there's been a bit of a correction there, which I'm, I'm happy to see. But it's fairly classic fantasy in the sense of classic fantasy magic stuff going on. You know, you, you know kind of the things that are going to happen if you've read any fantasy before. If you haven't read this series, you, you still know the fantasy tropes that you're going to see. So there's no new ground broken in that sense. But it's it's traditional traditional fantasy in a lot of respects. Well, it might be interesting to listeners to note um, Robert Jordan, the author, he was written some of the original Conan the Barbarian novels as well. So he's got a deep pedigree in the, in the genre. Yes. And do you know if he started the Wheel of Time out as this gigantic, what comprised of it, what Wikipedia is telling me is 14 books and a prequel novel? I don't did, think did he, he expected it to be as big as yeah, ended okay. up getting. As one garrulous gentleman to another, he does tend to, in some spaces, and I'm going to get murdered by the, the fandom by this, he does tend to go on a little bit in his writing. So Right, yeah. It's a big story that he's telling. Did it need to be 14 books? Are there things that he maybe could have done differently? He was married to his editor, so probably not. I don't think he intended it to be as big as it was. It kind of just yeah. kept growing as these things are wont to do. Yes, because of those who don't know, he died quite early. Yes. In his in his life, he was only 58. So, yeah, which is a bit, bit of a tragedy, yeah. I guess. He got 11 out before of the, the, the remaining... And he was he was supposed to glad hand it off to somebody else to pick up the the twelfth book, and it ended up being another three on top of another that or three, something. Yeah, because yeah, all, all his notes went to Brandon Sanderson, who I noticed in the opening credits is a an executive producer, mm. which is you know good for good for him. I'm, this series actually introduced me to Brandon Sanderson, who's writing okay. I quite enjoy. He's probably not someone I would have read. I mean, there's there's a million fantasy authors out there. This mm. sort of put him on my radar, and I you know, would consider myself a, a Sanderson fan as well. Yeah. Now. Okay. Probably one thing that is worth mentioning just first up, and we'll get it out of the way, is with any interpretation, any adaptation of of a novel, there are going to be issues with casting. No one's ever going to be perfect. One of the things that they have done 
here and look this is my left leaning hippie hat they've casted this relatively colorblind mm. there is a good mix of all shades if i'm allowed to say that throughout the show and i think you kind of have to now typically fantasy is based around this very anglo-saxon white old english middle ages construct which that's just what it has always been i don't have an issue with any of the casting there's like there's some fairly big things that are pointed out in the books physical attributes like moraine for example is meant to be really quite short rand is meant to be really quite tall Mm. that isn't here in this i mean rand's tall but there are people taller than him quite regularly moraine's just an average sized woman she's not the petite person that she's portrayed in the books at the end of the day after five minutes i don't care that is now that person that's who that is so let's leave the fact that oh in the books they didn't say that she was black or you know this guy's meant to be this who cares just let it be what it is obviously you don't come to it with that baggage not having read the books no, um, no. i personally think it, it's a, a valid choice and i have no issue with how they've cast it well i mean i've, I've got it as a point i call it the elephant in the room and colorblind casting and stuff and and i'm by and large like almost unilaterally on down on your take on that as well we should people need to be able to we should see a range of diversity on our screens and i completely understand that the issue that i have with it is not technically sort of tends to blur world building a little bit because when you're looking at a world be it a fantasy world or whatever you need to be able to go okay this person is from here or this person is from here, this person is from there. Let's take Game of Thrones for an example. Everyone who spoke with a northern English accent came from the north and we we sort of figured that out a little bit along the way. When they introduced characters of different ethnicities later on, they came from a land of that ethnicity. So then it was fine. We could understand who it was. When you have a scenario like they do in, in some of the opening sequences where we have a range of ethnicities but all claiming to come from one area it is a little bit world-breaking for me because i'm trying to imagine a a fictional world and it would be fine for example when we've got uh, the 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 two should we call them the leads i guess moraine and and lan so they come in out of nowhere and we've got lan who's a korean actor i think or of korean ethnicity so we've got immediately got these two he's dressed his clothing reflects where he comes from her clothing reflects where she comes from so on and so forth then we move down a little bit later into the area that starts up. I think it's called the Two Rivers. Now we have, as the camera pans across, we have a, a woman from Asian descent, a woman of Indian descent, a woman of um, Aboriginal descent and whatnot, all moving across. I do think from a perspective of world building, that is a little bit world breaking. However, I also acknowledge that we, I think we need to probably move past that just generally speaking and go, okay, this is the way it is. I guess I have more trouble with it in historical contexts, mm-hmm. I have more trouble when, you know, I, I think it would be a bit of a step too far to suddenly create, make Albert Einstein a guy from Korea, I guess would be, you know, but look, I could probably cope with it as long as, long as they can pull their weight. Yeah. And that actually brings me, and by pulling their weight, I mean acting. And that actually brings me to the point that I probably really want to get to is I think that in a lot of instances, the acting wasn't that good. And so... I started to look for other things and I went, oh, that's right. Hang on. Are they from the same village? Are they from here? Are they from there? What's going on? And moving from there, if the acting's good and you can get absorbed into the story, then it doesn't matter. That's probably where I'm coming from. So I thought it was a little bit world-breaking, but I, I acknowledge that this is the world we live in now. I think it's a good world that we live in. I think it's something that needs to happen. But yeah, I do think it's a bit of an issue. Nothing you've said is is especially controversial. Again, out of <laughs> as we said last time, if you've listened to the twenty odd other episodes out, there's plenty of other stuff to cancel us over. <laughs> yes, I may have. Made, this, yes, this is, this is, and from the, I guess the logic of the world, how did this place, which particularly in the context of this show, the, the two rivers is an area that is kind of away from everything. You know, they mm. have very little contact with the outside world you would think it would be a little more homogenous in the genetic makeup of people. But yeah. Well, I think if you look at the opening opening sequence, you've got two dudes running away from these red sisters. It's pretty clear by their, their the way their hairstyle is, the way the beards, their, their skin tones and whatnot, they're from one area. And then a little bit later, 
for example, when they're doing, as I call it, <laughs> the ceremony of the Yaya sisterhood. Because just because I'm a, that's the sort of prick I am. <laughs> that had that change and then a little bit further on it was addressed specifically where one of the moraine i think turns to and i'm going to butcher all these names na naivety na naive naive thank you yep. and says i i can tell you're not from here well how do you know what i mean like so she refers to a close and her accent and whatnot but we're not hearing it and that's what i guess what i'm talking about if the acting is more compelling then we'll we'll get something. But anyway, that's that's kind of where. So if you're gonna, I guess if the, if the text is gonna call it out, then we've got a little bit of a problem. Yep. But anyway, have they changed the genders of anybody? I'm curious about that. Not yet. Not yet. Not okay. Because well, not that I've seen anyway. Because I'm kind of confused. I'm just gonna I'm gonna dump it straight out on Front Street. I'm pretty confused. It says she's the main character. Moraine says. And she's probably not the main character, but for the moment she is. Yep. So she says the, there's there's four Tarine here, but they don't look like they're from the same place. And there's another point that I'm really confused at, and maybe I, I just like to hit it on the head now, is how can Egwene, Egwene, yeah, how can she be one of the Dragonborn when in the opening dialogue it says it's going to be a, a man born? Well, so I it, it actually explicitly doesn't say that in okay. in, in Moraine's big opening thing and look we might as well kick into it because this is the oh, yeah, for where, sure, for where, sure. this is sort of where the episode starts mm. we have a big exposition dump with a little mini montage of moraine suiting up to go and do the stuff that she does very strapping on swords even though she doesn't doesn't have them so she talks about the dragon who is mm -hmm. mythical figure who who broke the world 3000 mm -hmm. years ago he has been reborn and she explicitly says we don't know whether he has been reborn as a man or a woman. Yeah, so I've got that there, but that just seems to be that felt a little bit tacked on. So it just it just sort of took me out of it for a second, and I guess we can go back to that a little bit later because it also says there's four, and then well, something happens in episode three. So let's go with that. I wanted to uh, just a real quick touch on the other the point I guess has have is if you've got an in situ fan base that are huge fans of the show, they're the ones that are going to come. And I'm just hoping that we don't get a shift in the show to appease a minority and alienate your fan base. Hmm. Because then I hope they don't attack their fan base like Disney does. <laughs> and then you're going to create, create a vibe. But I think change is good. Change is fantastic. Change is what it's all about. And moving on. But the second elephant in the room, and I happen to know that this actually isn't an elephant, but I'm going to wonder how it comes across, was the rah-rah women are best rah-rah theme because well i yeah well i know that's from the story and i can actually tell that from the story when i was there because there's you know it was the men broke it and the women were able to fix it and and it were, and i also remember you telling me when we talked about the magic system that you said there was like this one power and women could do this and men could do that and i can understand it in in the context of what i knew but i can't help but think in this current climate whether that's going to get on the nose of some fucking fully entitled white privileged bloke who's, who's not going to give it a chance. So I was just curious about that. Okay, so so I'm assuming you're referring to... So after we've had our exposition dump opening, we've mm. got the chase scene where the two guys are being chased down by the Red Sisters. Yes. And yeah. she says, this is for women. Yeah. And I, I, have, I have no idea if this is going to be explained further in, in the show. I assume it will. This isn't really a spoiler. The Ace Sedai are this big group of magical bitches, mm -hmm. and they're broken into in, hashtag in, into, magical in, bitches. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> magical bitches is going to be the, the underlying theme of the show, yeah. and, and they're broken into different groups. Like there's, uh, okay. they, they call them Aja, which right. are different colors: red Aja, blue Aja, green Aja, and so on. Oh, and okay. each and each of those groups are focused on different things. So. Say the yellow Aja, for example, are committed to healing. They're the people that are the best healers. The the green are fighters, are warriors. The red, their purpose is hunting down men who can channel. Right. So yep. for me, mm. that is perfectly fitting with how those red sisters would behave because yep. their entire existence is men can't channel, they will go crazy, it will fuck the world again. Yeah. We need to stop this. So coming from a red sister, that's actually totally in keeping with the character. Yeah. 
I sort of get that, and I, and that's what I'm getting at. So I was just curious. I was, I was I was interested the way they front loaded it. It was actually in the prologue. I was just looking at my notes. Then she said, you know, a man men in their arrogance tried to control the the world and words whatever, and then she really hits bites down hard on the the arrogance of man. And I'm looking at it going, huh, so this must be how the world would be set up. I'm just curious to see how many insecure fucks out there are going to take it the opposite direction, given the current climate. That yeah. You simply can't say anything about one gender yeah. without instantly being lambasted as the other. So the, that's the, why I the call head of the call sheet is Rosamund Pike. She's, <laughs> she's, she's an executive producer. But she's the, like, she's the big name. Yeah. Those kind of guys are going to see that and not watch it anyway. So I think we're safe. Well, I think so, and and like I said, it actually didn't bother me because I kind of knew. But I just it was like, to me it was a bit. I th- and I think I hear it all the time now. Is whenever you know because I'm raising three, trying to raise three um, girls or two girls, I guess. One's one's already baked and out. You hear this a lot, especially their talk about what's going on in their schooling and stuff. So it was just interesting for me. To that, that's all to hear that to go. Oh, I wonder how many dickheads are going to take that the wrong way. Yeah. So I'm curious, right? The AC die, we find out a little bit later that they're not allowed to kill somebody. And yet those chicks straight up jacked that dude at the start. So that was so, and then, and now you've actually answered my question because I said, are there different factions within the AC die? And so you've just already answered that. Yeah. So that was a bit interesting. Yeah. So what they are doing to him, again, I don't think this is is spoiling. They're Mm. stilling him. They're taking away his ability to channel the power. Oh, so So, so I don't think they're killing him. They're just... Look like they straight jacked him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Um, and it was interesting because there's suddenly two, then there was one. So I'm interested in that. That that actually got me hooked. I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? So again, bit of a, a background lore dump. I assume at some stage this will be expanded on more. I don't think it's spoilery. In, you know, when the dragon did his shit, they were sealing the Dark One up in a prison. So the yep. Dark One is their, their devil. They were sealing him up in a prison, which they did. Luz Theron, who was the dragon, led this group of people that sealed him up. As part of the backlash to that, the Dark One infected the male half of the power. So this, mm-hmm. so you know this because we've talked about the magic system. Yeah, that's but the it, one yeah. power is split into two: Sadin, Sadar. One's that's the it. female part, yep. one's the male part. There is a corruption on the male part, which is what causes male channelers to go mad. Right, and and I think it's also worth pointing out if we have got any flogs listening to us who are still listening this is robert jordan's words hmm. this hasn't been changed by amazon this is the story itself like i think that's that should be really pointed out to everybody yes. that this, this is not a <laughs> this is not a secret feminist manifesto this no. i've known about this from the get-go because i've always thought it was a really fascinating idea that there could be duality I mean, it's the force the yeah. force is duality hmm. they just have a, a light and a dark this has a feminine and masculine like jesus you don't have to go to fucking philosophy school and read John Stuart Mill to understand all of this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Yeah. And I, I, so actually it's good. I've, I'm now reading through my notes. So I think, oh yeah, that's right. Because I do remember this this good side, bad side bit. Yeah. And I've just made a note here. Something that just makes me giggle every time I read it. They refer to that corruption, the evil that is part of the male side of the power. Mm. They refer to that as the taint. <laughs> so so you're reading through the book and, and then they talk about the Dark One's taint and every time I see it I'm, sorry I, I just I just giggle like a fucking because I am nothing if not a 13 year old boy and I read blah 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 blah, blah the Dark One's taint <laughs> oh I almost now have to read the book <laughs> almost yeah, no, that's right. You could, I remember some of the Legend of the Five Rings books. You know, you can smell the taint. I'm like, <laughs> bet you can. Yeah. So there's some clunky editing here. So when they roll into town. So are you happy to just skip straight into the bits and bobs? Because I thought here, they come into the tavern, Moraine and Lan come into the oh, tavern. With, with the big, you know, John Woo hero yeah. shot. All it needed was some doves flying up. And Fuck, like, right? And I'm like going, I, I assume she's supposed to be going for commanding and imperious and blah. It just looked odd. It was one of those things that felt like it might have worked in a book, but didn't work on the screen yeah. at all. Yeah, it, it felt a bit, I didn't dig it. So. No, it just, it just felt, you know, and then suddenly it was that she could see her ring and, you know, she knew who she was and stuff. And, and it, again, I was just trying to figure out how it all fit together because I'm just trying to soak it all in. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting. So I had another 
question here. We've met our protagonists yes. or our secondary protagonists or however we, I can't imagine with this many books that there's only going to be a single protagonist. No. <laughs> I think we've, we've already got six so far on the screen, but they're all sitting around having a good old time and a good old chat. And then this, this, well, we should talk about the rah-rah sisterhood. That's already happened, hasn't it? Has that happened yet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so that's that's the next thing that happens after the mm. uh, after the the guy gets the guy gets stilled. That's something that isn't in the books. It's, okay. The, the braiding of hair is mentioned as something that you're allowed to do when you're considered a woman, but mm-hmm. the, but the pushing off into the river, completely new. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hate it. The the only oh. the, the only thing I would have liked is if Egwene didn't know that she was going to be pushed into the river, because they they talk about the fact that we don't talk about this; it's women stuff. But yeah. then you know, okay, so just uh, just go with the current, be calm. What the fuck, shove? <laughs> I thought that would have been great. <laughs> that I must admit, it, it, I mean, well, it, it kind of represented a, a like a ritualism, sort of a baptism and and whatnot there, and and so on and so forth. But I did <laughs> did kind of think. Holy fuck! Like, to, how many how many women don't survive this this fairly fucking dangerous ordeal? You know, like when she finally comes back, her dad comes over mm. and said, "Like, we were worried for you." It's like, yeah. how many women do these bitches kill? Like, right? What's what's the attrition rate on this? <laughs> and then they have the balls. One of them has the balls to call themselves a wisdom. Yeah. So a wisdom. Now I could be jumping around ahead again here, but she kind of seems like some sort of. Wise woman, some sort of healer, some sort of yeah, the the, the magical village, guru. the village healer that you know, <laughs> she, she, she sells you know vaginal steaming crystals for your. You know. So she's she, the, she's goop. she's, she's Gwyneth. Yeah. she's Gwynny. She, she's she's the goop store of. Uh, <laughs> but she straight up goes to the guy who's the blacksmith parent, and he's standing there having a drink with his friends, and she's just like, "Go home." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute." So I thought that was a bit. That was a bit strange. Yeah, so to she, me, she's so. kind of the in this this area, the two rivers specifically. Mm. This is Eamon's Field where we are. The, it's and, but the two rivers is sort of a geographical area made up of a bunch of little towns like this. There's the the women's circle, which yep. is other group of people that went and you know tried to kill her off the cliff, <laughs> and the wisdom is the de facto leader of that. And then there's right. the council, the village council, which is the old dudes. And the mayor is the the head of that. So these are these right. two groups, which are effectively running the town. And in in all things, you know, the women think they're doing everything best and getting the best of the the men. The men think they're you know doing shit behind. It's standard old town. You know, yeah. Okay. Gangster. Then we get. Then we get. We skip up to our gratuitous butt shot. Yeah. I mean, hello. Yeah. They so they didn't appear to be intimate but i mean that's a fairly intimate thing to i mean that was, that's an interesting one of the interesting things I, I will just jump back I, i've just got some notes things that weren't okay sure. just yep. about things that differences significant differences from the book mm. perrin is not married in the books oh okay but as we'll see a little bit further on we fix that problem <laughs> just, pretty quick mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, they, were they shooting it and went, did somebody walk on screen he's not married oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> it, it, it's entirely possible Hold fast. <laughs> that bath shot was quite interesting. Mm. Maybe they're just going, you know, for the for the first trap, thinking, "Hey, that worked really well for the Witcher. Let's have a hot dude in the bath." But it, it definitely had a so so between an Ace die and a water. That's what mm. what Lan is. He is is yeah. the water. It's, it's there's a it's a bodyguard companion. There's some sort of magic link between them. That's yeah. sort of more than a bodyguard, but not. Some of the Aes Sedai and some of the Ajar, and I imagine we'll see this in the next couple of episodes, some of them totally fuck, mm. and some of them have multiple waters, and oh, they totally oh, fuck. Saucy minxes. And they, <laughs> and they totally fuck all of them. And you know, Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, something for everyone. But I think that was just designed to show that there is a, a really deep link between mm. the two of them, or they just wanted to show the ass. And you know what? Ooh. I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I don't. As long as what goes around comes around. But I mean, I'm just, I just thought, well, whoa, here we, there's a butt. It's like, hello, yeah. butt. And then that's a massive tub to have in some medieval tavern. Like, we talk about world building again. I'm trying to figure it all out. I'm thinking, hey, yeah, this, this little tiny backwater town has an eight person <laughs> party spa. <laughs> well, so I guess one of the other points, I, I guess I'm, I'm sort of from a total overall vibe point that I wanted to make was there's a there's a language 
that these guys are using. And they're using reasonably modern language. Mum prick calling each other pricks and stuff like that. And, you know, so I think someone said shit at some point or says it a little bit later on. And I don't want to harp on it. It's just these are the points that sort of broke the world for me was that if you, if you say, take, for example, Lord of the Rings, each area has its own distinct dialect and way of speaking. And I kind of felt a little bit, it was a little bit too homogenized across the board. Like I couldn't tell, oh, these people were from this particular era, those people. And I noticed that a little bit later on, just the way people spoke. There was no real difference between, apart from a, a bit of a, a grave tone that she put on a little bit. I, I didn't think Moraine and Land spoke any differently to anybody else there, yep. you know. Yeah, and there was nothing to really separate them as, as otherness. That's that's right. And I mean that's and that was a sort except for the fact from... that she can act. But that's... <laughs> well, there is that. So they, they were relying on that. But you remember when Hugo Weaving would speak as as um, As Elrond. As as Elrond, yeah. He turned and he said, you know, there is no weapon here, Gimli, son of Gloin. Now no one else said that, but that just that set up the rather obnoxious, pompous way that elves spoke. The hobbits were all rather la la da 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 and all that, you know, twiddly diddly dee. So yeah. it just gave yeah, that. There, was, there, was, there was something accents. really, yeah. really separated and made them all. I, I yeah, get it. So if you're not going to use accents, if you're not going to use ethnicities and whatnot, and how so you are you going to, to differentiate? These yeah. guys are from here. These guys are from here. This is what and these I, guys are. These are upper class people. These are townsfolk. Exactly, because that's tagged later on in episode three. We hear that accent, and you know. So, so anyway, but I just thought those that that's a those sorts of things were just just sort of bothering me a little bit. And I, again, I, I put it down to maybe these guys aren't the best actors in the world. <laughs> I was kind of. I like the scary mouth of Sauron. The eyeless thing. Yes. I think that's genuinely creepy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's not just a one-off, that I'm hoping we're going to get a whole lot of those. Oh, no, they, they're all through the book. They, they yeah. need to go <laughs> they, they need to be because yeah. they're fucking bad. As, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Like, I even looked at that one. Okay, that's that's really, really cool. <laughs> really, really cool. They introduced that. Well, who I, now, what have I got? I've called him Black Fagan. Um, <laughs> Pay, until I get to Pay, the... Payton Fane. That's the one. Until I could do the re rewatch, I couldn't remember his name. I just wrote Black Fagan down. The biggest um, teeth I have ever seen in my fucking life. See, now that to me, when he walked out and he's had his little bit of a chat and a little bit of this, that, the other. He seemed like this, someone that isn't from here. He was different it, enough. In every way. But also, he was actually pretty convincing. I just went, oh, and, and he was super chill, not to jump ahead again here, but he was really super chill when the Trollocs attacked. Like, yeah. he didn't freak out at all and just left. So I'm hoping this, there's something up with him. Like, I thought that was pretty good world building there. There's something interesting with that cat. Yeah. That's not going to, he's not going to go away, or I hope anyway. Could you tell, now you mentioned before that Perrin's wife doesn't exist. Yes. Was she pregnant? Could you get that from the... There was nothing that I saw that I picked that up on, but have, having way... said that, I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it, and I'll probably see something. Sort of the way he was, you know, sort of. Well, he, he, when he comes back into the when when <laughs> when that chick tells him to fuck off from the tavern, yeah, go go, go done... look after your wife. Yeah, yeah, stop stop playing with who's for some reason is working a forge at the night time. So that didn't really get explored enough for me. I don't know what's going on there. Why was she working a forge so late at night? Well, because you know, she um, had to, because her husband was off drinking. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not all men, but he, but yeah, like, and then she, she specifically didn't go to the ceremony and whatever, and then just he, he puts his hands around behind her, and they seem to cradle her stomach, and that was it. And he says, "I love you," and she pulls the princess layer or Han Solo, I know, mm. and it, it just felt like they were having marital issues. So I'm wondering if, given what's going to happen to this poor bird, yeah, that's going to be is that just an around. extra level of. Oh yeah. By the way, yeah. I ki- I uh, spoiler alert. I kill her, <laughs> and she was pregnant. <laughs> Which is even worse. Have they scaled the ages up of the characters? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so, so they were they in the books. They were kind of teenagers, late teens, early twenties now, and the fact that Rand and Gwen are fucking. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually think that's good. I I yeah. like that. It's, it's a it's... bit more reasonable and believable that you know this is the stuff that's going on. Obviously, they weren't fucking in the books. I have no issue with the fact that they are. I think it adds a nice little level to what Rand sees then as a betrayal when she says, no, I'm going to go and be an apprentice. Exactly. And so as soon as she says which that, apparently like, is the same as a fucking nunnery somehow. 
But yeah, like that's so that's not a that that didn't appear to be a thing. I don't know. Like that was very strange. So I guess where I'm at so far in the show is I'm finding the world building's a little bit rushed. I sort of couldn't really get it. I did. I wanted to sit with these characters a little bit more. I wanted to I wanted to know what they were about, where they were going, and so at this point I was like, all right, what you know. Then they're doing the celebration, then they're doing this, and then kablam, out of the blue, the... Poor dude gets a, the, a, a, a <laughs> an arrow through his chest. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and here we are, we're being attacked by these Trollocs. So, big fuck-off battle. Mm. What are your thoughts? Troll- well, Trollocs in general? I thought they were pretty cool. This is actually the point where my, my 10-year-old daughter pulled up stomps. And then, and not for the reasons that I thought. She just rather obnoxiously, which I'm so proud. I'm bored by this father. <laughs> looks, at, she looks at it and goes, "Well, that looks fake." In probably the most David and Margaret tone of voice, she flung her doona around her shoulders like she was Mary Queen of Scots or something, and stalked out of the room. And I'm like, right. I, I can I can feel the pride from you right now. <laughs> Well, see, she did the same. Interesting, she did the same thing in Narnia. So when they had the centaurs and the the minotaur and all that running across the field, she just kind of went, "Oh, that all looks fake." I'm like, "You watch Harry Potter, motherfucker! What the shit?" This fucking generation, man. <laughs> if it's not fucking photorealistic, I mean, how are you ever going to go back and watch something? You know, it happened. Not, it, put a put a Harryhausen on for her. See what the fuck generally she happened there. the other day. I wish I could think of what it was. Oh, I introduced her to Willow. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene there where the dragon is the two-headed Hydra dragon thing is fighting. And she went, that looks so fake. And I'm like, listen up. <laughs> so I paused it. I'm like, listen up. When I was a kid in the 80s, the shit still looked fake. But it was good. <laughs> but we didn't care. Yeah, we bought into it. You with because your Because we had you know. three movies a year that came out of the cinema. <laughs> we had two yep. TV channels, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we were we were thankful for it, you know. So she, yeah. Anyway, little little minx. Yeah. I did like the trollic attack. I thought that was pretty brutal. I thought it was really well choreographed because it it seemed like holy crap! Like these these things just attacked me. It seemed it seemed to me we're talking about a fantasy movie. And dare I, I don't want to say realistic, but it seemed to me like a, that's sort of how it would look. Like something would happen. Mm-hmm. Like out of nowhere, you're halfway through a. So often you see in these TV shows and whatever, everybody's immediately to arms and can fight straight away. Well, no, a good good portion of that village got fucking jacked before before they could anyone could get their shit together about yeah. it. And I thought that was really really cool. Mm. And there was that really great tracking shot by who I now know as Matt somebody Matt Matt Gorthon. Garin, Matt Gorthon. I've got to call him the Artful Dodger. He's when he runs through the battle looking for his sisters. Yeah. And the camera tracks behind him. That showed a, that gave the to me. I use a wanky term here, but that gave volume to the the fight. It, like it put a, a real personal mm. thing in it, which I I really enjoyed. I thought, yeah, because yeah. because Matt, um, that that's something that's a bit of a change from the book. Okay, a, unless I unless I am misremembering it, which is entirely possible. Matt's parents are just normal dudes in the book. Oh, right. Okay, we don't have the his mother's a drunk, and his father's a lecherous. Late, scumbag. Late, I like what they've done. I, I think that actually, so he still has his sisters. His sisters yeah. are still there, and he and he still loves them. Mm-hmm. I think that added a real depth to that character that maybe wasn't okay. there at the beginning if it didn't have that. Mm. So no, I, I thought that was great, and that where the fuck are my sisters? You two useless fucks. Yeah, I thought I thought that was that was fantastic from a, a character point of view. It was, and I mean, I think he's probably. I wonder whether he's supposed to be the eyes of the viewer sometimes, yeah, because there's a lot of skepticism, especially a bit later on. He's a bit, you know, a bit more. Hang on, the fuck, what the fuck, sort of, what's going on here? You seriously going to believe all this crap, yeah, sort of thing? Like I kind of got, if he, if he was just a little more convincing, I guess I would, I believe that. But I thought it was a good, it was certainly a good character building moment where you see, okay, because earlier on in the piece, he was more than happy to steal from. One of his the, the girl, the girl that he was trying to. That just seemed weird. He knew who she was. She greeted. So they obviously had some sort of relationship. Whether he's then they've then gone on and done the nasty somewhere, or and and, and then while he was doing that, he knocked her bracelet off. Yeah. So I don't know. And I mean, I guess the fact that he wanted to try and get those lanterns for his sisters is something. But I I don't know. 
thought that was a bit strange. Yeah, so he, he was um, always the troublemaker. So yeah, out, of, exactly. out of the three boys, he was the, the troublemaker. Look, I don't want to say he's the comic relief, although mm. the the two funniest moments of those first couple of episodes have all been have all been things that he said. But he, he's sort of the the kind of dodgy one. Yeah, who's funny? Who's just and I think they I think they did that they did that pretty okay. well. And he's the one. He's the actor who gets replaced in the second season. Yeah, season. which is disappointing because he's out of the three of them, he's my favorite to watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I don't have one yet. I, I know Perrin is my least favorite. He just seems to be a bit, bit wishy washy. Yeah. He doesn't really seem to be there. I don't know whether he's really inside the his grief because I suppose we should get to the point where he fucking kills his wife. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Middle of a trollic attack. Know. He he fucking wails on that trollic though. Yes. He goes yeah, yeah. to town and it, and just then whoop, oh, yep. spun around and just <laughs> axes that bitch right in the guts. I know. So obviously if she is pregnant that's going to be even worse. But and and of course now as they say she's been fridged because that's now become his impetus for life. But I shit like that was pretty I, I, that was a moment of everything that I was watching I went oh shit like out loud <laughs> when yeah. that happened I was really surprised I was like holy crappy moly so yeah she didn't last long no so, I don't know whether it, I don't know whether she's going to be in flashbacks or anything it's hard to usually I jump into IMDB and stuff like that but really how, how many episodes is, he, is she in? Yeah. yeah but I'm really trying not to spoil that mm-hmm. stuff so there's a there's that massive battle was there anything in there that stood out for you um, apart from well there's Nynaeve getting dragged away Mm. By the hair, by a trollic, but I guess the, the the big thing is Moraine going magic, like yeah, st- stepping into the into the middle of the field. I am one with the force; the force is with me. Yeah, and just throwing fireballs at motherfucker. So that was really really cool. I I like that, and I like the way that she was just totally lost into the the magic. Whatever she was doing is channeling or something. And Lan was just keeping people away from it, and they yeah. were fighting together. I think at one point he ducked underneath her arm, and she ducks underneath him. Yeah, that was really cool. It's like they. So if you're talking about some sort of link that they have, that was really really cool. The thing that the second oh shit moment for me because that her cut and seek with magic was very very cool. The second oh shit with me was Rand's dad just suddenly out of nowhere whipping out a hair and Mark's sword. Yeah. Now I know I simply through talks with you and through filters through role playing games and stuff, I know what a heron mark sword is and I know what it represents. Yeah. But that was a really nice for me it was a nice surprise. I imagine you knew it was coming, but for me I'm like, holy shit. Like that's one of those heron mark swords I've heard about. And Rand seemed surprised that his father was like that. So does that mean that <clears throat> so I've got a this is my speculation, this is not for you to answer. Excellent. <laughs> this is a speculation one, I've got it highlighted. To me, I wondered, does that mean Rand's dad was once a warder? So that's something that was, that's going to percolate in the back of my mind. I don't know whether that'll ever pick up or not. But it was a really nice surprise to see it. You could see that he was a competent fighter, but old and slow. Yep. And I couldn't see if Lan had a mark on his sword, but I'm going to presume he does, simply because they both look like Katana at this point. So I just thought that was a really cool moment, because it came out of nowhere for me. Yes. I didn't expect his dad to be able to fight, and then all of a sudden, and I guess that was the whole point. And, and that, that's that and that's straight cool. out of the book too. That's that's yeah. Okay. The fuck, dad has a sword. Yeah, like and he knows how fight? to fight. Yeah, what, which we're, we're farmers. What the hell is this? Well, that I wonder if that, and you can't see my fingers at the moment. They're doing a rather bizarre, suggestive moment, but I'm I'm trying to make it suggest linking. Does that gel then? I wonder with aging the characters up because a little bit later on. I think some of the dialogue would have been written more to come out of the mouth of a teenager than a man in his early 20s. Yep. So I wondered when I was locking up, I thought, oh shit, that seems, I wonder if they got lost in the in the aging up process. Because I can imagine like a 15 year old, dad probably hasn't pulled his sword out yet and said, okay, son, by the way, you've got an impressive legacy or whatever to live up to. Yeah. But as a young as a young man, you could see he was quite competent with a bow. Well, someone had to teach him that. At no point did the, the sword come up. But in, in any event, that was my, holy shit, that's a pretty cool moment. So. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's, and, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Again, interestingly, well, interestingly for me, mm. the battle in the town, uh, we don't see it in the books. Okay. It happens. It just happens out of view. Oh, so, right. So okay. Rand and his dad, Tam, get attacked in, at the farm. Tam gets hurt, Rand takes him back to town, gets to town, it's all fucked up. Oh, okay. 
and that's when we find out. So at the beginning, and they talk about it a little bit that Aesodai are, are fairly mistrusted. I'm sorry, mm. distrusted. We don't find out that she's an Aesodai until the battle. Right. There's not that. Oh, she's wearing the ring. Oh fuck, you're an Aesodai yeah. straight up. She's just some some lady that's come to town. Yeah. Then when oh, the okay. Trollocs attack, we find out that she goes and fucking magic shit. One thing I did like, and this is when one of my minor issues, and I think it's just an issue of budget, some of the CGI can be a bit dicey at times. Yeah. I thought it was cool when she ripped out all the bricks to <laughs> to throw yes. them. Because, yeah. And I, I think that's just a smart use of, of a magic system. Mm. Like it's, okay, I don't have enough strength left to throw more fireballs, but I can use... I can throw bricks at these motherfuckers. It's going to kill them just yep. as well. So yeah, well, there's that there's a TV trope. Nice job breaking it, hero, mm. which is what I wrote down here. Because oh, when the fucking the, 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 the inn collapses, <laughs> I thought, oh, someone's not going to be happy about that. I mean, it was very nice of them all to to line up at, in front of her yeah. and come at her that way, and for to come at them one at a time. But that that's all action movies or all action moments have this issue. It gets screwed up in the editing. I'm sure from the the pickup shots and whatnot, they're kind of saying, oh, yeah, no one will notice the fact in the background that Lan's already killed that Trolloc and then they cut to a different side. Now he's fighting the Trolloc, but he's clearly out of position or his sword misses by a mile. You know what I mean? Like, there's just always those little action moments that, that fuck up the scene or fuck it up somewhere along the line. But so far, so this is sort of brings us, I guess, to the end of this episode in, in this sense. I mean, there's a little bit of exposition and whatnot that, that goes on. That suddenly now they have to, they now have to travel along with her because yep. she said they're basically going to follow. They're going to come back if you guys don't come with me. So I, it was at this point that I went, all right, I'm pretty interested to see where this goes. And I, I probably rated the first episode about six and a half, six out of ten. I thought was where I was sitting with that. And I thought, yeah, I'm happy to see where this goes. Which is, I can see that. Obviously, a pilot. Mm. You know, is always a, a tough episode because there's so many things you have to do. You have to establish world, characters, motivations, but also give enough people, you know, the reason to keep watching. I, I think that's why the the big battle was in there, why the, why the attack yeah. on the village was in there. Oh, I had to be because otherwise it's kind of a nothing. Not not to say that it's a nothing, but it doesn't have that big that big impetus. And yeah, it's it, it, but see, and I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't, to me, the comparisons of this show were more towards Lord of the Rings than anything Game of Thrones had to offer. Yeah, I genuinely don't, with the exception of the butt shot, I didn't see anything Game of Thronesy here at all. I was really looking at Lord of the Rings thing, but I just I felt that the Trollic attack could have been the end of the show, and then the the next episode would be the big battle because I think they condensed so much narrative in those first 50 minutes that because i felt the second episode which we can talk about shortly started to drag a little bit and i think that if i was if i was looking at now in the complete because obviously they wanted us watch this as a big three-hour movie i would have pushed the trollic battle to the start of the second episode and have them attack right at the end and then go from there I'd well, well that's that's that. because you you've been watching the walking dead for too long <laughs> I have, and, and you're used, and, and you're used to nothing, 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 nothing. Holy shit! Credits. <laughs> I am. That's a passive aggressive relationship with that show. I'm going to watch it to the end. I'm going to see it out. Well, you're you're um, pot committed now, but yeah. I am. I'm very, very pot committed. So yeah. So what did you think about episode one? Again, I thought it was good. My obviously enjoyment and and joy at seeing this you know thing that I've lived with for for however many years you know twenty something years come to the screen is great for me it wasn't perfect by any stretch i'm not going to say that it was some of the changes i understand why they've why they did them some of them i thought were were worthwhile some of them just made no sense and kind of did nothing like the, the one that sort of really stands out to me is that sacred pool that mm. um Nynaeve is cleaning mm -hmm. like that doesn't exist yeah okay because so, i get so, to that in episode two i'm like what yeah, the fuck man yeah it's like that well, I, I don't understand why that was added. But on, on the whole, I, I enjoyed it. Again, I think there were some pacing issues. I do, I mean, it was probably a bit, bit crammed. You know, give it a bit more room to breathe. I enjoyed it. Probably, I'd probably go seven and a half. But that's just, yeah, okay. that's with uh, the caveats that I've expounded earlier in the in the episode. Yeah, yeah well, so, creepy. Um, I, thought, I thought visually, taking aside some of the, the CG moments, 
Mm-hmm. I thought it was, again, very Lord of the Rings in some of those big sweeping scenery, scenery shots. And I thought yeah. that was really well done. I thought that was really yeah. pretty, really nice. I thought it was visually quite quite stunning. My other thought is, okay, th- this is not to dump on the actors because we've done that enough. <laughs> With Rosamond being the character that she is, meant to be a little bit above, a bit different, a bit standoffish, a bit aloof, I thought her being able to act quite a bit better than the rest of them also helped to to give that sort of separation of I'm not like you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I saw that. I mean, I've often said that about the X Men movies. The first X Men movie. It was okay as a movie and then Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are suddenly on screen and the movie becomes elevated to beyond the next level. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, and then we're back to these the B the Tuesday night casting. Yes. <laughs> you know? And she has her moments, especially in episode two. She has a moment there where I went, Oh wow, she she just instantly became a completely different character there. Yeah. Which is just a testament to her ability to yeah. that's what she does. That's what she gets paid money to do. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, all in all, I, I watched it and I went, if if this was just it, I would definitely come back next week to see what's going on. All right. Good thing is, next week is just a, a, a play next episode away. So mm. that's our episode one mm. recap and obviously a bit of general stuff. So we'll uh, we'll leave episode one there, mm-hmm. pay some bills. But until next time, I've been Woody. I've been Nate. And we're a, a couple, couple of pricks. Oh, we, needed, we didn't sink that in time. I can figure it out. What goes up must be.